shots to Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Oh shit, Rasta Jeff in the house. Greetings from Podcastville. This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friends at SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com offers seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders, including TH Seeds, Swamp Boys Genetics, and of course, Irie Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee, and for my friends on a tight budget, SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30, as well as amazing monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out to save a few bucks. Once again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. Here we go. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everything in between. I'm your host, Rasta Jeff, and this is episode 704 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk about adjusting our grow spaces for the winter. Before we get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout outs to a few of the kind folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to Romy One Kenobi. Let's send a big fist bump and a thank you shout out to Grow Bandit. I want to send a special thank you shout out to our friends Fiscals Organics and Uncle Adam, the Uber driver. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Stash Drop 269 and Grow Man Stan. Let's send a fist bump to Kojax and Polo Paul. Let's send a thank you shout out to Shakoba and Turt Burglar. Let's send a big fist bump to Magic Mike. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to the hardest working man in cannabis, my friend James Brown. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Of course, all of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make that nice and easy for all of our friends. I do want to take a brief moment to send a big shout out. A big, uh, big some love, some energy to everybody in Boulder. If you've been watching the news, uh, the Boulder area of Colorado has been experiencing suffering from some extreme fires. Many people have lost their homes, their properties, their businesses, their belongings. A lot of shit has burnt down. It is devastating to watch on the news. I know people personally who have lost uh, homes, items, uh, animals. Uh, a lot of shit went wrong up there. So big shout out. Lots of love and energy to all of the people in Boulder, uh, that entire area suffering through those fires. Uh, that is terrible to watch. Their houses got burned down. And then the next day we got a foot of snow. So uh, they got their asses kicked up there. Lots of love to those folks. Uh, if you need some help, if you need anything, reach out. I'll do my best to help you out any way that I can. All right. Big shout out to everybody in Boulder. Big shout out to everybody uh, going through some rough stuff at the start of the year. That's a struggle. Start the year with some problems. All right. This is, of course, the first episode of the new year. Let's shift gears. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for joining me. Let's kick off the new year strong. What can we do as growers, as breeders, as cannabis consumers to kick off the new year strong? We should start goals and journals. That's right. If you're growing, you should have a grow room journal. Inside of that journal, you should create some goals. 
What are you going to get better at this year? What did you fuck up last year in your grow that you didn't like the way you did that you know you could have done better? What are we going to improve on this year? Set some goals, set some ways to improve, set yourself up for success in this year. If you don't have any goals, if you don't have any uh, objectives, any notes, how do you know if you're improving? How do you know what you did? Then in the second part of that journal, let's start taking a lot of notes so that when the grow comes out better or worse than last time, we know exactly what we did. So let's start off this new year by starting a journal. In that journal, let's set some goals and some objectives. Then when we're working in the grow room, let's write down everything we do. When you mix up a feed solution, write down how much water you started with. Sometimes it's a five gallon container. A lot of people have a 10 gallon container. Uh, I rock a 30 gallon reservoir in one space and another room I've got a 250 gallon reservoir. It just depends on where I'm working. But write down the amount of water you started with and then write down everything that you put into it. If you mix up 100 milliliters of this nutrient and pour it into your 250 gallon res, write that down. I started with 250 gallons of water. I poured in 100 mils of this, 150 mils of this, uh, this much of this nutrient, uh, this many grams of this. Some of the stuff I feed is in a powdered form. Uh, then I pH'd it to this. Uh, after I put in the pH down or the pH up to get it to the 6.2 to 6.4 range I would approve of, then I checked the EC and I wrote down the EC also. So I know every nutrient that went in and exactly how much. I know what the EC of that total solution was at the end. I know what the pH was. Now when I feed those plants, I can watch. And if some shit goes wrong in a few days, I've got a note. I can say, well, it's because we gave it 1,000 milliliters of this instead of 850. Uh, we know not to give it 850, not to 1,000, just to stick it 850, maybe 900 next time. We push that bitch a little too hard. She got a little bit fried. That's the way that you can learn. We, uh, we're cannabis consumers. Not only if most of us who are cannabis growers and breeders, we are heavy cannabis consumers. I really enjoy There's nothing like taking a couple of fat dads or smoking a big fat joint on the way to the grow place, wherever you're going to grow. Uh, maybe don't smoke in the car while you're driving. Smoke uh, right when you get there. We just got to be safe with what we say. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, don't smoke in the car. Don't smoke while you're driving. Follow all the legal laws. But uh, smoke right before you go into the grow space if that's legal. It's like a zen feeling. I just like to get fucking stoned and go in there and work. I'm in the zone. I got the music going. I'm in my bubble, my element. That's where I feel super comfortable on the stage behind some drums and in a grow room. Uh, and obviously behind this microphone doing a podcast or some of my comfort zones. So I like to get a little blazed and go in there. Unfortunately, when you get blazed and go in there, you get in the zone. You just start doing shit like mix up nutrients, adjust the pH, test the EC, water the plants, catch some runoff test the runoff sometimes. A lot of people do runoff reports. Uh, we're not going to delve into the runoff reports right now, but a lot of people will also test the runoff of the feed solution. The plants are going to have a little drainage, gather that, test it, check the EC and the pH of that, document that. If you understand how to decipher that code later in the future, that may help you solve some problems. But uh, you're going to be in there doing your routine, and then you're just going to do stuff. You're going to get in the flow, and then you're going to run into either great success or great problems in the future, and you're not going to remember what you did to cause that uh, success or that failure. If you would have just done a few things, taken a couple of notes, do a few things, take a couple of notes, the bigger the grow, the more notes I take, which uh, I guess that's because it's, uh, it's a lot more of an investment. But I'll carry a, a clipboard around and a big grow and just write down what I did all day. And if I've got a couple of guys doing work, I have them report to me at the end of the day and I fill out just a big report of everything that got done in every room. I uh, try to compile all of the EC reports, uh, the feed reports, all the what got defoliated, what got lollipopped and twisted. If there were any equipment issues that were noticed, if any bugs were issue, uh, noticed in the room, write down everything that you can in that grow space. That way, like I said, if you have good success or big failure, you can repeat those results. Then you can create 
what is known in the commercial industry as a standard operating procedure. You know that on day one, we do this. On day two, we do this. You can write a book, and then every time you grow, you can follow your own instruction manual, and you can nail that shit. Then you can learn how to improve. Until you've got some sort of standardized sample, you don't know that you've got evidence that you're proving. That's why we want to keep notes, see what we're doing. All right, I've been rambling. Let me check on my notes and see where we were. Uh, write down everything that you spray. If you are spraying food, uh, a pesticide, or a foliar application, whatever you're applying to the plants, write that down. In Colorado, we are required to write down any pesticide application. Uh, the pesticides have to be approved by the Colorado Department of Agriculture, the Colorado uh, De Department, Department of Public Health and Environment. That's a lot of letters to remember. Uh, they have to be on an approved pesticide list. You have to write down the pesticide you applied, how much of it per gallon of water, how many gallons of that solution were mixed up and applied, the EPA number of the pesticide you used, the time you applied it, the plant numbers of which got applied. There are a lot of notes to be taken in a commercial environment. Why not just start doing that in your own personal grow? That way, uh, there are a lot of advantages to writing down these pesticide applications. If something goes wrong in the future, you've got that paper trail. You know what you sprayed. You know what you applied. You know why you've got that weird rash on your arm. When you go to the doctor, you could say on five days ago, I applied this. Uh, here's the bottle. Don't bring the bottle. Bring the label. Peel the label off. Take the label to the hospital with you when you go see the doctor. Show them what you used. Explain how it happened. Tell them you didn't use proper protective equipment. You got a little rash from it. But write down. So everything we do in a commercial grow has to be written down and marked. Get in the habit of doing that now because what if you end up working in a commercial grow? Why not make it a habit? And then you can tell when you go apply for the job, you can say, I'm already documenting pesticides uh, to Department of Agriculture, Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment Standards. I'm already practicing that standard in my personal grow, so I'm comfortable doing it in the commercial environment. Just set yourself up. If you want to work in a big grow, uh, that'd be a good thing to do. So I think I've rambled on for the first part of this podcast long enough. Start a journal, you guys. Let's set ourselves up for success in this new year. We got a brand new calendar year. You just turned the page. How many harvests are you going to pull off this calendar year? Can you get six harvests? Can you get 5.5 harvests? Can you stagger them out? What is your goal? Do you just want four harvests? Do you have enough rooms to get six harvests? That's another issue. Uh, what is your goal? What are you going to improve on? What did you really suck at before? What are you not happy with? <clears throat> Many people, their clone game sucks. Many people aren't exactly sure how to sex a plant. Many people are afraid to pop seeds because they don't know how to tell the difference between a male and a female. Let's jump in. If you're afraid of that, I'm here to help you out. We've got a lot of resources that will help you out. Uh, my Discord server, my website, me personally, the podcast, the Irie Army, we will definitely help you identify your males and your females. So pop some seeds. Maybe that's a new, uh, new goal for the year. Start from seed. Let's just have a goal. Expand our grow. You're not going to get any better if you keep doing the same thing. Maybe you're cool. Maybe you're satisfied with your grow, but don't you want a little bit more for your money? Maybe you can just learn how to save a little bit of electricity and still put out the same amount of product. Maybe we can save you a few bucks somewhere and that will help you out. Even if your product is as good as you think it can be, maybe we can save money on lights, air, water, soil, maybe a little bit of labor. There's going to be a way that we can improve you this year. All right. I've been rambling. Set some goals. Write down some details. Write down what you feed, what you mix, what you did. Uh, have a schedule, write down a schedule and a plan and a goal, get some sort of a flow. How long do your clones live in the clone machine? How long do your seedlings stay in that small section? When do you put them into smaller pots and have small veg? How long do they go into uh, the bigger veg? How long do you veg those plants? Then when do you put them into flower? When they go into flower, how often do you defoliate? When do you lollipop? When do you pop and twist? When do you start adding your bloom boosters based on your specific feed schedule? 
have a plan. Let's set some goals and routines based on this new schedule we've got for a brand new year. Let's set ourselves up for success. You guys write everything down. All right. I've been rambling about that part for long enough. I want to segue into the second half of this podcast, if you will. Um, It finally snowed. That may not be a big deal to you. Here in Colorado, we've been getting very worried about uh, drought-like conditions because we're not getting any snow. We're into January. Uh, I always say that we get snow on Halloween. I make a big joke that we arrange our Halloween costume in Colorado around the weather because it always snows on Halloween. You see people out there, uh, the girls in their Tinkerbell costumes and the guys in their whatever costumes. I don't even know what dudes wear anymore. Uh, They're out there in their costumes, little tiny, uh, just little Walmart outfits because you don't buy expensive shit for Halloween. They're just freezing their nuts off. Uh, I always joke that you got to set your costume up around a jacket or some long sleeves. That's why I was always Chewbacca. You get that long, just a big fursuit. I don't even wear anything under it, and I'm nice and warm all night. Um, sorry, I gave you that detail. Anyway, uh, we didn't get any snow. It's been too many months without some snow. I sound like an old guy talking about that, but that brings drought-like conditions, so we don't get any water for the summer, which leads to uh, forest fires, which leads to shit like what is happening in the Boulder uh, Superior area right now, which is devastating. Um, If the weather would have been a little bit more moist, a little bit more snow, a little rain, we may not have had such devastating fires. All right. Uh, Sound like an old guy. Sound like uh, two old guys sitting on the porch. We don't get no water soon, but that's really how it is. But we finally got some snow. And when it snowed, boy, did it snow. It is deep out there. Uh, I drive a Ford SUV and the snow is up to about uh, at least halfway, a little bit past halfway from my tires, which is a lot of snow for my area. I live in the city here. Uh, We usually don't get that much. So it dumped on us. Nature is confused. My point is, you guys, it is cold now. It just suddenly went from uh, really nice to super duper cold here. If you are in Colorado, if you are in North America, now is the time, if you have not already, now is the time to jump our grow rooms into winter conditions, winter preparations. I don't know your grow space. I don't know your grow environment. I don't know where you're growing at all. But if it gets cold outside, now is a good time to make some adjustments. We can learn a few things. We can save some electricity. We can move heat around to the right places. May not have to duct as many things. Let's talk about a few things to adjust now that it is winter time. Because uh, being growers, being indoor growers, this is mostly going to apply to the indoor growers. We do have to learn to adjust and adapt. We can't expect the exact same things that worked in the summer to work for us in the winter. We may need to make some gear changes, some room changes, uh, just some basic adjustments just to uh, maximize potential for our garden. We want our plants to still do the best in the winter as they do in the summer. Honestly, my fall crop, when I grow indoors uh, in my personal grow, my crop like around Halloween is always the best because it's not super hot. It gets hot here in the summer. I'm in Southern Colorado. We'll have 102, 110 days. Uh, It gets negative 17 in the winter. Uh, So that fall crop, when it's like actually tolerable conditions for plants and humans, and you don't have to fight the sun and the snow in your grow space, those crops are always the finest, in my opinion, for me. Those are the most successful. Um, but we've got to learn to adjust and adapt due to seasons. Now, let's talk about a couple of adjustments that I make automatically when the winter comes. I usually run in the summer, springtime, the warmer part of the year. I run LED lighting. You guys know that I recently fell in love with the LED lighting. I've been running the Canon LEDs from Black Sail. Big up to our friends at Black Sail Market. Uh, arg. Uh, whatever else their slogans are these days. Keep up with our friends Black Sail Market. Give them a follow. Good lightings, uh, good lighting. I've been using the Canons. I love them. They make my plants uh, bushy and dense, and they do all the things I need them to do now that I've learned them. It was a learning curve figuring out how to use the things. But in the winter, those lights 
do not provide enough heat to keep my grow space warm. So to keep that room warm, I simply replace the LED lighting with HPS lights. I put up, uh, I take down a few uh, LEDs and I put up three HPS lights and those keep that small space warm very efficiently. I don't have to duck the air out too much. I do run a, uh, a duct out to get the humidity out, but I don't run it as often as I used to during the summer. Uh, so I switch those lights out to create some heat. I don't want the cool LEDs in the winter. I actually want the hot HPS lights in the winter. Now, here's another thing that I do. I put those lights on a different schedule. I will run the HPS lights during the nighttime. So instead of having the lights on from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., now I will run the HPS lights from 9 p.m. till 9 a.m. Uh, I do make sure to carefully adjust my light cycle if I've got plants in flower, uh, but I'm experienced in doing that. And I've also done a full podcast on how to do it. Uh, just be careful if you're adjusting plants that are in flower. Don't just uh, don't give them a long day. Give them an extended night to get back on schedule is the tip there. But I will run the, the lights during the night because it gets colder at night. It gets colder at night. Naturally, the sun goes down. It's colder. I use my grow lights to keep the space warmer. During the day, the heater's on. The sun is up. That grow space will stay ambiently warm. It stays the same temperature as the rest of the building, the rest of the house, which is ambient temperature because there's central heating. So the, the place stays warm during the normal part of the day. But when it gets cold outside, that sun drops, everything gets colder. And so to keep it a little bit warmer in there, the lights do come on during the night cycle, uh, during the night time. It's not the night cycle. It is the night time for us. When I would be asleep, the lights are on. It works out that way for me very well. Some people can't do that. I understand that. That is one quick adjustment that I do make. Another thing that I think about is moving and ducting my hot air. Those warm lights are creating hot air. I've got a veg room, which is also filled with warm air. I used to duck that air out of the grow area. I used to go outside so that it would just get away from the grow. Now that it's warm, I utilize that heat. Maybe sometimes I'll dump some of that heat into a bedroom and just warm up the house with it. If the rooms are right and conditions work out sometimes, I'll dump the heat from the bedroom into the flower room during the nighttime so that that flowering room will get some heat during its dark cycle and not get too cold while the lights are off. These are all small adjustments that you can learn to custom tailor for your grow space. What do you need to do? Where are you getting too much heat? Where would you like that heat to go? Where is it too cold? Where would you like that cool to go? Learn to manipulate and move that air around and save yourself on electricity and ducting. Make your grow room as sufficient as you can make it. The winter time is a good time to learn that. It's a completely different struggle than during the summer. So learn to move the air around instead of dumping it outdoors. Don't waste that hot air in the winter here. You heated up that air. Let's put it somewhere useful. If nothing else, dump it into the house and keep the house warm. You've already paid for the electricity to warm that air up. Let's keep that heat in the house, in somewhere, in the facility to at least warm up a grow room, maybe warm up a bedroom, warm up something. That is my point. Don't waste that hot air. Now let's think about something else. If you are dumping that hot air out somewhere, are you melting the snow in a weird section to where your whole neighborhood knows that that is a grow? Think about where the heat is going. We've all seen that photo from Canada where the guy's got the apartment building and his apartment is the only one with the snow melting off of it and they busted him for growing weed in there. Are you doing that in the winter? Are you snitching on yourself? Is your blower melting snow in an awkward place? Or is your roof, the only roof, uh, that attic space, the only space in the neighborhood without a bunch of snow on it because your grow is up there melting that snow? Think about how you're going to bust yourself here in the winter because the snow could give you away. Beware of the evidence is what I wrote. All right, another thing I want to talk about is warming up our water, which we use to water our plants. 
Uh, and one of the commercial grows that I used to run, the water would come from a well basically outside into the building. In the winter, that water would be extremely cold. We would have to put heaters in the reservoirs to warm up the water. I don't know where your water comes from. If the water is coming from outside in the winter, uh, the pipes are outside, it's got to come from somewhere. If it's coming into your home, into your commercial facility, it's probably really cold. My advice, fill up your reservoirs, whatever you're holding water in, fill those up the night before. Uh, and a lot of the commercial grows where I work, we will just get trash cans on wheels, a big Rubbermaid or a Brute trash can, a 50-gallon trash can on wheels. Uh, we'll fill those up with water, then we will move those into the veg room under the veg lights to stay there overnight. When you come back, they have reached room temperature they're safe to use. Don't water your plants with extremely cold water. I wouldn't go less than 70 degrees, maybe 68 at the very lowest, but you don't want cold water watering your plants. Just think about putting your toes, your balls, your hands in some cold water. It's going to piss you off. It's not going to make you want to drink or eat. It's just going to make you angry that we'll do the same thing to the plants. Let's not piss them off. Uh, just get that water nice and warm. Uh, the plants will thank you for that. Also, another thing we could do is get the plants up off of the ground. If the grow room is cold, if you're growing in the basement or a commercial facility with a concrete floor, let's not have the plants on the floor. That floor is very cold. If you aren't comfortable walking around on that floor barefoot, the plants are not comfortable there either. We're going to put that water or that plant on the cold floor. Then we're going to pour water into it. And that cold floor is going to make that water really cold. The roots are in there. They're not going to feed properly. Your pH is going to get all out of whack. Things are going to go really wrong. So if you can get those plants up off of the floor, raise them up off the floor. It doesn't take a lot. You could get another pot, whatever size pot you're using, buy another one, flip it upside down. It'll raise your plant up a couple of inches, set the plant right on top of that. It is off the floor. You could use pallets. I don't like pallets because I kick them. I trip on them uh, and they're wood. I don't like adding that wood into the grow. But if that's what you got to do, that's what you've got to do. I would prefer you get uh, make a, get a table with a, a hydro tray in there and put the plants in that and put a drain so where they could drain into something underneath and you could pull out the drain and get rid of the water. That's spending some money that's going in on it. But get those plants up off the ground for the winter because, like I said, if you can't put your bare feet on that floor and walk around. And some of you motherfuckers got those Chewbacca feet. You can't feel anything. You've been at the festival for your whole life. You do not count. Get those plants up off the ground. Set yourself up for success. Maximum root growth, maximum potential if the roots are nice and happy. All right, podcast world. It looks like I've covered all of my notes. I think I'm going to wrap up this podcast. I want to thank you once again for listening. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you know that I would love to hear from you. The email address is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Send me your feedback. Send me your constructive criticism. Wish me a happy new year. Whatever you've got to say, I look forward to hearing from you. One of my new year's resolutions once again is to be better at answering my emails. I really try to answer all of the emails that come in. I've got Patreon messages, Discord messages, multiple email accounts. I'm not making excuses, but it is just me. I'm the only one answering all of those emails, doing these shows, living a life, building a dream. Uh, it's just me. One of my resolutions, however, is to get better at answering those emails and answer more of them. But when I answer them, you guys reply. So I just got to answer that again, and then you reply. And then it's like, it's, it's, I'm just kidding, but we'll catch up. We'll get more emails answered. Uh, if you want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Everything else is on the website at iregenetics.com. There's a link to vendors. There's a link to the web store. Uh, you can get your merchandise there. There's a link to the Discord server. And of course, there is a Patreon link there. There's a newsletter link. Anything you could imagine. If it's not there, let me know. We will put it there. Ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, island boys, 
hippie girls, everybody out there. I want to thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I'll be back in just a couple of days with fresh new content. Let's give a big shout out to my friend Tree Star Meadow. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me.